All righty. So um, let's jump right into it. So personal development, that's the topic of, of today, pretty much finding content and learning to establish the content and actually put it into play. Yeah. So yeah. Maybe let's get a little bit started with like your story or something. When did you really like start to get, cause it's honestly an addiction for me, that feeling of growth. If you're yeah. not growing, it messes with you, man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, my story as far as uh, personal development goes is I got into Jim Rohn. So if you know a lot about personal development, you probably know who that is. He's passed away, but he was one of Tony Robbins' original mentors. And uh, that was like what got Tony into, you know, the space and everything. And so it was actually weird because when I was a kid, like I, I literally still remember this to this day. Like when I was in second grade, I remember I was a really good reader. Like I was known as one of the best readers in the class. And then I think we went on like a spring break or something and I didn't read at all. I was like reading every night uh, before that. And then on spring break, I didn't really do anything school wise. And when I got back, like I noticed that my reading skills had like just diminished a little bit because that practice. Right. And then I remember my teacher saying something to me. I can't even remember what it was, but all I know is that the effect it had on me as a kid was that like, I just started telling myself that, oh, like I'm not a good reader anymore. Really weird. And so I actually kind of had this deterrent about reading or, or, or like this weird thought process as far as, um, you know, like that I'm not a good reader. So I just shouldn't spend any time reading any books. And then when I was in college and I was you know, paying for college and everything. I, I I went to a few semesters and I started realizing, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this whole plan that I had for my life of like going to college and everything. It's just like, it's such a drag, really difficult for me. Um, and so that was actually when I first started reading for myself and not really for, because somebody told me to, and it was on some rubric, right? And right. so that was my, so the first book was actually an audio book that I listened to. And I think they were just, I don't know if the actual physical book exists. I don't believe it does. I think they're just a cassette thing, like a cassette tapes from Jim Rohn that was then uploaded as a book onto Audible. And that was my first exposure to it. And I listened to that book over and over and over again. It's called The Art of Exceptional Living. And I think what, grabbed me was that it wasn't just like a business book. It wasn't just like a finance book or a real estate book or, or, or whatever, you know, that sort of thing. And it wasn't just like this woohoo rah, rah stuff. It was, it was basically like teachings from this man's life of just a way to live an exceptional life, right? Like the art of living an exceptional life. And I was like, man, this is cool. You know, that's, that's really the desire that I've always had. And I think everybody really has is just, we want to live an amazing life. Like we want to have the freedom to live an amazing life. We don't want life to act upon us. We want to act upon life. And so that's what really got me into it. And as they say, you know, the rest is history, but it's, it has not been the sort of thing. And for anybody watching this, like personal development is, is an ongoing process throughout your whole life. Like you really should never stop. And you also shouldn't expect, in my opinion, to get results right away. Like there are certain tweaks that you can make that will get your life moving in a right direction, but you're not going to just all of a sudden wake up a millionaire the day after you read your first personal development book, right? It, it can happen. 
it can happen faster for some people than others, but uh, ultimately I've seen a lot of people just try a little bit, get, get some momentum and then they kind of give up. And I've even experienced that too. I've gone through waves of, of consistency, right? And now I feel like I've got it down to the point where it's just like, I don't ever miss a day of developing myself or my refining my skill set in some way, shape or form. So that's kind of the 30,000 foot overview of that whole concept. And as you know, Caleb, um, you know, one of the books that I will write here in the near future, I'm writing one right now that's a little bit more niche relevant for the business model that you and I both do. But the other, the other one that I'm writing is going to be called the unicorn equation, which is kind of a play on what our, our brand is. And that is basically this series of, I don't know what, what you really want to call it, like the sequence of events or milestones or, or things that I've seen the most successful people in the world and the most successful companies in the world kind of adopt as a defining foundation for them. And it's just stuff I've learned just from studying this stuff, right? So it's, I've been able to draw my own little learning from, you know, trying to learn from these personal development people. And, and so, and as you know, the second step of what I call the unicorn equation is to always be, like you mentioned at the beginning, consuming some sort of content, whether that's written form in books or blogs, whether it's audio with audio books and podcasts like this, or whether it's video, things like YouTube, online courses, and those sorts of things. And um, so it's always be consuming some sort of content, but then the, the second and most crucial part of that is the creating portion, creating and, and implementing what you learned, right? Because, um, you know, that there's that saying that says like, oh, knowledge is power, but that's not, knowledge isn't worth a dang thing if you don't do anything with it, right? And so that's kind of now this whole unicorn equation thing that I call it. It's just kind of my own phraseology, right? Uh, is what I live my everyday life off of. No, yeah, absolutely. Just a constant, because, you know, there's, there's another saying, I don't know who originated this, but it's like, it's a universal fact. What you consume is what you become. So you actually have the conscious decision to choose what are you consuming in every moment. Yeah. And there's even another very powerful thing that I try to share with, you know, some of my closer family members, even if they're mm -hmm. not blood, is that, right. you know, these things called mirror neurons that if you put yourself around people, whether you're consciously aware of it or not, you will become like them. And I'm pretty sure, ah, I forgot his name, but pretty big financial guy. And he's, he has a saying that's like, um, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Yeah. So that's, that's just something to really bear into mind. You know, your, your brain is constantly absorbing information and mirroring your surroundings. That's just the way evolution is, you know, yeah. you're too different from, you know, your herd, you're more likely not going to survive. You know, they're going to see you as an outcast. So just, it's just naturally implemented into our brains. Yeah, man, that is, that is so powerful that you bring that up about those mirror neurons, because in in the book that I'm writing, The Unicorn Equation, as I expound deeper into this stuff, is I, I make some suggestions of, in my opinion, what are the most important things to study, right? 
we, 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 you know, for those who have a college degree, and again, you know, I'm a college dropout, right. And, and for a lot of people, you know, college is not the way for them to make a living anymore, right? Like, I can learn just as much from YouTube, I feel like these days as I can uh, at a university, right? And um, with that being said, I, I make some suggestions on what the most important thing and one of those things is the brain and learning about not just the brain, but really like our bodies in general, because there's obviously a health aspect that a lot of the people that I've studied are make a huge uh, point to, to, to develop their health, right? Because it's so important. Like, you know, there's that Indian proverb that you've probably heard, right? Where it's like the, what is it? The, the healthy man uh, has a million wishes, but the unhealthy man has but one wish, right? And that unhealthy man, his wish is to be healthy, right? And so like, it's so important because what what's the, what's the point of, you know, a lot of the stuff that we talk about with financial freedom and building wealth and having impact in the world, if we're not going to live to see the day where we can do it, right? And obviously we can leave a legacy behind, but, you know, we, we obviously want to be around, at least I do, as, as long as I can on this earth, you know? And so studying the brain and learning about something like mirror neurons, right? Or your reticular activating system and different things in your brain, how, how much more of an edge does that give you, right? To be able to then, you know, whatever you want to call it, hack or, or, or just make consistent tweaks and changes to the way that you're living your life. I mean, you can literally, from learning about the brain and how it works, you can essentially hack your way to success. And that's the coolest oh. thing. That's the coolest thing because, you know, you just, all you're doing is tapping into and learning about what's already there, what you've already been given. And then utilizing that with that information to make like, I, I don't know, I call it data-driven decisions, right? Where it's like, okay, this is the way that my brain works, right? And so therefore, if I just do this, then I can have a different outcome than what I've been having. Absolutely. That, that I want to change, right? Or whatever. So the brain, one of the biggest things, psychology, those sorts of things, human behavior, I think those are the top things that anybody could study about because of what then it can lead to in the later portions of the unicorn equation, which we'll probably talk about on, a, on another episode. <laughs> no, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Um, like I've heard in countless books and what I've also experienced for myself is like, you know, you can learn knowledge, but the fundamental engine that's driving you in that direction of your personal success is simply your conscious awareness of where you are right now and what today is going to do for tomorrow. Exactly. exactly. And, um, you know, like when I first started off in school, um, the weird thing is we used to have these tests back in like third grade or something. And yeah. it was kind of like an IQ test in a way. Yeah. I actually scored kind of low, which is a weird thing. And like, just to speak from other people's words, you know, I, I usually don't, you know, talk about myself this way, but from what other people have told me is I'm, you know, I'm relatively intelligent. So it's just kind of interesting, um, right. you know, that I was like from the get go, I was kind of naturally expected to not be the brightest, but I still did well in certain things, you know, like yeah. certain things I'm not the best at, like this tech stuff, this stuff took me some focus right. <laughs> to know pretty much what's going on. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 
you know, that that's, that's an interesting thing. And I'm glad you brought that up because it, it goes along really well with what we're talking about. And that is that, uh, and I'm sure you can attest to this is that, and, and how I mentioned about the story when I was a young kid and I was like my teacher just saying that thing about like, Oh, Zach, like you, you, you know, you haven't been keeping up on your reading. Right. And, and how you were saying there are certain things that IQ test right there, like as an underdeveloped brain, as a child, right? We, we, we tell ourselves these stories the rest of our lives. That's what, you know, a, a, a guy that you and I are both a, a fan of Chris Crone, he talks about limiting beliefs, right? And how, you know, Chris, Chris is this extremely wealthy guy and his degree that he got in college was on family and, and like, what is it? Families, uh, marriage and family studies. That, that, that was, that was his degree. And so, and, and it's crazy that by studying that degree and learning the development of, you know, a child and what happens and, and everything like, I mean, I think he just really took that because he wanted to be a good parent, but, but what it's blossomed into is these massive businesses and real estate portfolio and everything, because he was able to see, oh my gosh, like early on in someone's life, like we can be molded and literally set up for either like success or failure, or just down a certain path that it's going to be tough to unravel from, like unwind and then go down the right path, right? As a kid. And that's what happens to a lot of people. And, and for, you know, you and I, and, and the impact that we want to have on the world, like, that's what we are battling. And you and I have each gone through our own battles, like you just said. So like getting that label of like, oh, you scored low on the IQ test or Zach getting told by his teacher, my teacher had no, I can't even remember who my teacher was, right? I don't even know if I could remember my, her name, but I just know that there was, and I don't even know what she said, but there was some sort of comment that she made that I knew, knew internally that from then on, I told myself, I'm not good at reading. I'm not a good reader. Right. And that teacher had no intention of, of making that sort of impact. She didn't do it maliciously or anything. It was probably, you know, her way of trying to motivate me to get back on the train. But what it did to my underdeveloped brain was it just sent me down this path of like, oh, I'm not a good reader. I don't read books. Right. And then it became, it kind of evolved into the sort of thing where like, I would take pride in the fact that I don't read books, which is so backwards, right? Um, In high school, you know, I would take pride in like, okay, how little of the book, if I'm doing a book report, can I read and still get away with getting a good grade? Because I still wanted to get good grades. That's just efficiency, man. That's just efficiency. I mean, like, I feel like that's one (laughs) thing about school. I'm not against education whatsoever. I'm surrounded by like 50 books. Right, right. School destroys creativity i feel like everybody there whether they are scoring a's or scoring f's um they have some type of sense that this isn't really beneficial yeah and it's really reinforced when you ask the teachers when am i ever going to use this do you use this and they tell you no and they're honest about it right right exactly and it's uh yeah you're, you're exactly right it's crazy and and yeah it's just so interesting how you know we, we, we really as adults, right. Like as our brains are fully developed, right. Like we then have to really do a lot of work on ourselves in this personal development stuff. And, and, and if anybody's like watching this, that isn't on the personal development or self-development train, like, 
you're not proving to anybody like I wasn't proving to anybody by taking pride in the fact that I'm not a reader. You're not proving to anybody that you're right. All you're doing is making an excuse to, to, to or, or, or whatever to, to make yourself feel better. Right. But at the end of the day, if you felt what it felt like to level up and develop yourself and, 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 you know, look back at the end of your life and be like, oh man, I totally maxed out my potential. Like that's what the whole goats and unicorns thing is about for anybody listening to this, that literally is only listening to it because of the name. And it just sounds so weird that you had to find out what it was about is like what our whole movement is about with goats and unicorns is that we study the goats, which I would consider, you know, the individuals, the greatest of all time in business and sports, philanthropy, in religion, whatever it is, right? And we model what they've done to achieve whatever it is that they've achieved. We pick people that have achieved or are where we want to to go. And then we do that. And the unicorns, just for people that know where that comes in, is I've spent the last four or five years involved in a pretty small capacity, but it's a little bit of a capacity nonetheless, with a venture capital firm investing into startup companies and what a startup valued at a billion dollars is called is a unicorn. And so I feel like if a startup reaches a billion dollar valuation, they, they probably know what they're doing, right? Whether it's in product development, sales, marketing, combination of two or three, whatever, like whatever it is, they've got something going on that we can learn from if we're trying to build our dream business or, or businesses or whatever. And so that's, you know, where that, that whole, theme comes in right and that's that's what personal development is all about is like okay you know these people are are ahead of me in some way shape or form they must be doing something right most of them are doing something right some of them got lucky but those people that got lucky are the extreme anomaly but more than but the 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 majority and and i would say 99 percent of people who have achieved something of greatness have done it deliberately and they didn't just all of a sudden wake up one day and they're like, Oh my gosh, like I'm all of a sudden successful. I didn't even, I wasn't even trying for this. Right. Like nobody's really, that doesn't really happen to people, you know? Yeah. Um, not to get, you know, religious or anything, but something Robert Kiyosaki talks about, cause he says he was in Sunday school growing up all the time is, um, he was asked one time when he's at Sunday school, like what made the three wise men wise and uh-huh. how they were successful, you know? Yeah. In the eyes of everybody is that they constantly searched for teachers. They were yep. always humbling themselves to, you know, pretty much mentally admit that maybe they don't know everything. Yeah. And I think knowing everything and kind of that entitlement that um, I have no responsibility for where I am right now is the most damaging thing you can do for growth. Absolutely. Like, you know, like I can deal with rude people all day, but people who like have zero responsibility, those people, I just cannot be around because they're so hard to help you know yeah. what i mean so i think the true like beginning you know if you like you could start anywhere growth start and we all start at level zero some people are naturally more talented and can pick up on certain things but regardless we all start from the beginning of learning step zero so i think just like you know humbling yourself to listen to somebody else and not talk the entire time and just really i think truly the best thing you could do is hear everybody out yeah you know I mean? even the people Absolutely. that are extremely controversial someone usually has a bit kind of like what we're talking about with chris crone how he learned some knowledge about 
childhood and marriage and was able to learn how the human condition works and applied it to business. Right. Sometimes you can find little key bits of knowledge within people who can be extremely controversial that is complementary to the knowledge you've been learning. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Absolutely. And the interesting thing about like controversy is that that's the, sometimes the reason why people do that and try to, you know, add a little bit of spice and controversy into their, their messaging of whatever it is that they're trying to teach is because we as humans, you know, this is another thing you learn by studying human behavior is like, we don't really pay attention to a lot of like the middle ground that kind of that just normalcy, like we pay attention to extremes, right? So like, what's the news filled with extremely negative stuff, right? What's the viral, what's the most viral content on uh, online with TikToks and YouTubes and everything? It's positive content. Like people think it's the negative stuff, but actually on social media, it's the positive stuff because people want to feel that extreme happiness and joy that comes from whatever the message is. And so that's why it goes viral, right? You want to share and spread that happiness. And so um, that's, that's what's, you know, interesting about learning from those controversial people is sometimes you actually look at them and they're not as controversial. And that's where you, when you realize that, that's when like, let's say somebody was super controversial against something that you believe. And you just decided to just, you know, not listen to that person at all because their views didn't line up with yours. Well, chances are that the reason why they've crafted their message in that way is because they're trying to get people just like you viewing them, right, to listen to their message, right? And that's why they stand for things that are, and, and obviously there's extremes, and that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the people that, like you said, controversial they're not in the middle, but they're not on the extreme either. But when you actually dive in and study them, I can't tell you how many times this has happened with me. And it's so weird that this is a thing. I don't know if you've experienced this, but I have literally, there's been like people that I've learned a ton from now where at the beginning of my personal development journey, I was totally judgmental towards them. And I was like, I don't think that guy knows what he's talking about, or I don't think that girl is right or whatever. And it was like so stupid of me. And then something, and I don't know why, you know, or I guess I could probably spend some time dissecting it, but save that for another time. But, you know, now I look back and I'm like, I can't believe I ever wrote this guy off. Right. Uh, an example of that is, is one of the books I shared with you, the entrepreneur Roller Coaster" by Darren Hardy as that was my most read book last year. Um, and I used to, uh, when I first heard of Darren Hardy, it was because of he, he would do these things called Darren daily, where if you signed up for him, uh, for his like newsletter or whatever, he would send you a video to your email and he still, still does. That's his, his, his newsletter essentially is just these little like motivational type clips. And for some reason I got like bothered, like some of them were good, but then after a while, but like getting those emails every single day to my inbox. It was just like, it got to be really overwhelming. And then there was a few of the messages I didn't agree with. And then I just completely wrote them off as like, I don't think Darren Hardy knows what he's talking about. And then I just, you know, gave him another chance years later. I mean, we're talking years later and, and listened to that entrepreneur roller coaster book. And I was like, this is literally the best book on business I've ever listened to. You know, this is literally like the manual for how to become an entrepreneur, right? Which as you know, you know, I riddle that throughout all of the stuff that I now teach, right? And, you know, whether it's a course or 
books that I'm writing or whatever, I whittle a lot of that into it because it's so good. And it's just so weird how, you know, we make these little assumptions. It's really interesting when you start unpacking like your experiences and your own behavior, and then you start seeing it in others. And that's another really cool thing about, you know, this whole, you know, consume and create is, is learning the dichotomy of how humans work and behave and all that kind of stuff. And then using that to your advantage, not to manipulate people or anything like that, but using it to strike business partnerships and network with the right people, get in the right circles. You know, as you talked about earlier, like show me your friends and I'll show you your future, right? You can use those things that you learn to up-level any area of your life, really. So it's just cool. It's a really cool thing as, as you know, you and I have riffed on for hours before. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And you know, it's just, I'm very, very grateful to be where I am now because I just started with one book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Before that, I was being told to go to college and um, I did not want to go to college. Like I was doing great in school and high school. I was actually killing it. I thought it was easy, um, but I did not want to go to college because I remember sitting down one time in class and I actually just seen this one kid who was calling the teacher out and he wasn't necessarily that kind about it, but yeah. he had a fair, very controversial, like we were talking about, not yeah. necessarily the most correct but he still right. had a point and she sent him out of class. And I remember like sitting there and I was doing everything I was told and it was easy, but like, I still had no choice and it just totally hit me so hard. And I'm not, I'm not going to say this is true, but it definitely resonates more and more the more I learned about it is that school is so much like a filter system for those who are going to do every single thing they are told and those who rebel. Yeah. And it, it just right then and there, I was like, Oh my God, gosh I like I used to want to go to college I used to I was actually thinking of like um aerospace and stuff oh, cool. like that I, I'm really into math I love math I was in like yeah. calculus but yeah, um that's awesome but yeah I don't know it totally just dawned on me and it was stressed me out so much because I did not want to go to college I just I didn't know anything about finances at the time my family doesn't know anything about finances right, um, right. so just no background and I remember I ended up coming across rich dad poor dad and it was very humble beginnings you know just like yeah. even like to reread it now i'm like okay you know that's that's a good introduction but it's nothing crazy and um it's just really bizarre how i was able to stick with it for it's been like two and a half years of me studying finances pretty religiously and now i'm here i still have not made anything yet but just the way my mind is working and the people i'm able to surround myself with it's just really crazy how much a little seed of like okay this is i think this is a thing for me can just flower into something yeah yeah absolutely I lots of criticism the entire time you know i get really excited when i learn first things and it can be very yeah. overwhelming and right. um i remember when i was like i'm gonna be wealthy i'm gonna freaking invest in real estate and i would tell all my coworkers that all the jobs i worked at and they're like oh yeah what about this and that and the criticism i remember they would like have points of like how are you going to do this how does this work and it would literally shut me down for like a day or two yeah but that that freaking pain drove me to literally find the answer to like I was in like what's it called cognitive dissonance or something where it's like what I thought was legit and then all of a sudden there's like some space in between it that stuff is very powerful because yeah. I need to go find the answer to their criticism and I wasn't necessarily proving them wrong but just for my own personal belief you know yeah and oftentimes actually pretty much 100% of the time any of those hard questions that I didn't ask myself I found the answer for and it only got the ball spinning even faster and faster. And, Dude. you know, I'm not here to prove them wrong. 
but like criticism you got to really learn to love criticism because oftentimes it's just really good questions you have not asked yourself yet yeah absolutely absolutely man so much so much value in literally what you just said because and and the funny thing is is that in the 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 title of of what's going to be the chapter of the book or or step 2 of the unicorn equation which is always be consuming and creating that's why i talk about the creating portion being so important is because you know at one point in my life and i think when you're first starting out it it might be i don't know i, I still i don't know like if i could go back and do it again i mean i guess i, I would do it differently i would spend more time implementing and creating than I did just learning because I spent a lot of time just being kind of, you know, what, what some people call an information junkie where, you know, I was going to seminars and buying all sorts of courses and reading all sorts of books and listening to all the podcasts. And cause I was really excited about it. And it genuinely, like you said, is what gets me excited. But, you know, when I really started taking off financially with businesses is when I started actually acting and creating on the the other side. So now my, my personal kind of, um, what do you want to call it? My personal mantra is that for every one hour of studying that I do, I have to do at least one hour of implementation of act, act, acting, doing uh, action, taking. Right. And what I found is that like, and the reason why since making that pivotal change from just consuming a bunch and until I was like, okay, now I'm ready to go act. You, you need to start acting earlier than, than you are ready to do, to be honest, because what happens is, is you learn something like you just said, and then you go implement it and then you find the obstacle, right? You go find the obstacle quicker that way. And then now you know what you need to overcome and you go back to the learning room or whatever you want to call it. You go back to the drawing board and learn that new thing that you need to do to overcome that next obstacle, right? And then you just keep doing that and you just get so much further ahead because no matter what, the obstacles are still gonna show up at some point in the journey, no matter how much you've studied about it, right? Because especially in business and entrepreneurship, and I would just also probably say life, like the obstacles come up in a physical format. And so no, no, no amount of knowledge is going to help you just all, all of a sudden do it right. Um, in most things, I think there's probably some, there's probably some exceptions to that rule, but as an example, like let's take, um, video editing or graphic design or something techie on, on online these days, right? Like no matter how many YouTube videos or tutorials I watch on how to edit a video, uh, isn't going to make it so that my first time is just super smooth because as I'm creating that video or that graphic design or, or that website or whatever it is that I'm learning how to do, um, you know, you're still going to get to that point where you reach some sort of obstacle and you're going to be like, wait, what? Because you haven't experienced it. Right. And it's going to be different for other people too. Like some people are way more experiential learners than they are, which I am for sure. And that might be why I'm saying this and feel this way. And some people are much more like auditory learners or visual learners, right? And so you kind of want to try to understand yourself the best you can to know what type of learner you are. So then you can put yourself in a position to succeed, right? 
with that type of learning. But that's, that's why I do the one for one now, because before it was probably like, you know, I spent hundreds of hours just learning and being like, oh, I'm just going to like, you know, learn all this stuff. And then when I'm finally ready to go and feel confident in my abilities, then I'll start. But then it's like, ah, crap, I still reach an, an obstacle, you know, like an hour in or whatever. And then it's like, okay, now I got to go back and learn where if I would have started that much earlier on in the journey, I feel like I'd probably be further along than I am right now. Absolutely. And, you know, just one thing about that is that, you know, putting yourself out there and experiencing these things is that it is very uncomfortable sometimes. Oh, super uncomfortable. You know? Yeah. But that's where growth is. Like how we were talking about the other day, I, I refer to Robert Kiyosaki a lot. I've read a good amount of his books. Um, you know, he's talking about anti-fragile. He's like, humans are anti-fragile. You know, we learn from our mistakes and he's a very big advocate about that concept. Right. You know, um, you just, you, you gotta at least put yourself, what I try to do is, you know, like I say to myself every day, there's a price to everything. And the only way to grow is to do something uncomfortable. So I try to do something uncomfortable at least once a day, yeah. not necessarily, you know, like, you know, there's a difference between, you know, quality stress and stress that's just not good for you. High yeah. cortisol, no growth. So just some type, like, for example, I like to take um, cold showers sometimes, occasionally ice baths, just something to really put my mind in a space where I know I am consciously choosing these decisions and I'm not just reactive. I'm not just yep. impulsive because I used oh. to be very reactive and extremely impulsive. So good. And there's so no, good. no growth at all. And, um, so good, man. you know, like I was just telling you before we started this up, I spent the past two days, I still need breaks sometimes. I'm kind of a workaholic. Yeah. Um, but man, I've just gotten to the point where like, I wasn't eating healthy past two days. I wasn't, you know, consuming any quality content and I just feel like a bug, man. And I'm honestly yeah. pretty happy that I can keep these conversations going. Cause like, oh man, it's <laughs> not worth it. And it really right. bites me when I do it, but there's just constant, there's, there's a price to everything. And, you know, so it's, it's, it takes a lot of motivation and self-discipline, which you can only teach yourself. You, no one can give you self-discipline. Yep. Just get home and continue the grind, you know, take little breaks, you know, here and there, but there, wherever you are looking is where you're heading. You know, right. some people never get it, but whatever it's, it's okay. That's going to get really metaphysical really quickly. So I'm not going to go that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah you know there's just a price to everything that's probably one of my big mantras and just you know today for tomorrow which is the real meaning of carpe diem people right. interpret it as the moment but it's really actually translated as do it today for the better tomorrow yeah absolutely and gosh that's so good what you mentioned about like yeah you end up where you're headed you know and and how you have the control in your hands to be able to do you, you know i think so many people out there and we we kind of are conditioned to have this victim mentality right um where we're we're like you know poor us because of xyz whatever it is there's all sorts of reasons why you know uh oh excuse me there's all sorts of reasons why I'm not successful or I'm destined for failure, whatever, right? Like we tell ourselves these stories, but like we were born to do something great with our lives, right? Like we were born to turn this life into whatever we want. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. I feel like is they've gone through life 
thinking or just having the experience after experience and evidence after evidence come into their life that like life happens to them and that they don't happen to life. And like you said, where, you know, uh, you take a cold shower because it's just something that you're just like, no, I'm going to tell my brain what to do. I'm not going to let my brain tell me or my mind dictate everything. Right. Um, an example of how I've done this in my life, um, especially in the last, you know, 12 to 18 months is my, so my, my, I've got four young children and the, the, the oldest two, the toddlers are really, really early risers. And if I start my day out, by them waking me up ready, like ready to go. Then I just feel like I'm in complete reaction mode. I'm getting them breakfast and snacks and, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm just reacting to my external circumstances as opposed to, um, acting myself and choosing the actions that I want to take. So what I did is like, I'm not a morning person. It's funny. Cause I was on a buddy of mine's podcast, uh, last week and we were talking about how I am not a morning person. He goes, yeah, you are not a morning person because him and I are really good friends have been for a few years. And it's true. I'm not a morning person at all, but my average wake up time right now is like three thirty, four o'clock in the morning because I want to act on my day. I want my day to start my way. I don't want the world to tell me what's going on. I don't want to open my phone first thing in the morning, see emails and and messages and and just get bombarded with the constant barrage of right whatever like i want to start my day with stillness and peace and doing you know reading and meditating and getting into a good headspace myself do a few stretches and calisthenics exercises whatever to kind of get the heart pumping blood pumping a little bit right i just and even at like one of my coaches that i hired last year he he really got me into this and he was the one that was like, you know, like, I, I know you're not a morning person, but trust me, like, it's going to make a world of a difference. So I reluctantly gave it a shot. And it's crazy. Like I, at this point, like I, I woke up at 530 AM this morning, that was sleeping in for me because the night before, not last night, the night before I went to bed at 12 and woke up at three. And so I got three hours of sleep and still did a full day's work. Right. And you, you know, you were on the, the call last night, go tell <laughs> for, for me, it's not, you know, nine 30, which is pretty early for most people, but I was, you know, in bed by nine 30, woke up at five 30 and that was sleeping in for me. I still was able to, you know, come down to my office and get in my state for the day and kind of get primed up for the day. And then it's just crazy. I'm in a better mood. Like I'm attract just more abundance into my life. Like it's just, it's just crazy, you know? And so like what you said about just finding little decisions that you can make that put you in, in control of your mind, not your mind in control of you, like your emotions in, in control of you. That's huge. Those are those, that's a little actionable hack for anybody listening to this right now that you can absolutely start doing today, tomorrow, whenever, start as fast as you can to start training your brain because it's going to take some untraining and then retraining, right? It doesn't happen overnight. Change does, does not happen in a week. It doesn't happen in three months. It happens over a sustained period of time, right? I think when I first started learning about personal development, I mean, I was, I was, I was in college. I was a broke college kid, right? I mean, I, we're talking seriously, no money essentially, right? 
And it wasn't until probably at least two or three years later to where all the personal development work that I had been working on myself those last two or three years actually started showing up in a, in a monetary sense, right? There was a ton of growth happening along the way with happiness and peace and all that kind of stuff. But from a monetary perspective, which is what a lot of people get into personal development wanting is they're like, okay, I need to up-level my, my self in order to make more money, which is, that's, that's noble. That's whatever. Right. Like, um, but it doesn't happen overnight and you know, it, it builds up like, like a snowball, right. It, it, like a snowball coming down the mountain. And, uh, you know, like you mentioned, as far as having friends and family members who just are not, they're going to shoot you down along the way. Right. Like in that book that I mentioned earlier, the crabs in the bucket phenomenon, right. Where, you know, that, that stuck to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Crabs go into a bucket and they're the most agile creatures in the sea. They can scale up any wall and they can get out of any, virtually any danger, but for some reason they get caught by the bucket full. Right. And that's because all, a, a, a you know, a crabber or a fisherman or whatever, someone who's crabbing um, needs to do is put a little piece of bait in the bottom of the bucket. They all fall into the trap and then th the top is open, right? Like they could freely leave. But once one crab starts to go, the other crabs don't want it to leave. So they claw it down and they'll even kill the crab if they're trying to leave the pack, you know what I mean? And trying to get, escape the 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 trap and uh human humans are similar to crabs in that sense right and so uh, you know i i remember distinctly it's funny because my wife and i we were talking about this that you know when we were newly married you know i told uh, you, you know she knew that i was really into the whole personal development stuff and and being stressed about finances as a young couple um you know there was definitely some heated discussions where you know, she was like, why do you even spend all that time reading all those books and doing all that stuff? Like it doesn't even do anything for us. Like we're still broke. Right. And I remember distinctly, you know, one time sitting on the floor of our bedroom, just like, you know, super upset because I was like, she just doesn't get it. And she's like, you know, the closest person to me. Right. And, um, you know, looking back now, you know, we were talking about this and kind of laughing about you know, she was like, man, how, how wrong I was, you know? Um, and I'm glad that, you know, not that I was trying to prove her wrong. I was trying to do it for other reasons, but, you know, essentially I proved her wrong that like, Hey, look, like this is why, you know, this is why I'm doing this. And so now that it's like paid off, it makes a lot of sense. And I think it's really hard for sometimes people to stick with changing and developing personally because they don't see the results right away but it's kind of like that cliche saying is like you really need to learn to love the journey and the process more than the outcomes and results right and Absolutely. that's with this whole consuming and creating and personal development and learning and up leveling yourself as a as an individual that's that's huge to to know is that this is an ongoing process and it never ends or it should never end if you want to continue to live your best quality of life and feel the best that you could possibly feel, right? Absolutely. You know, just, just to throw it out there real quick is like everything begins with momentum. Like and it all starts with the littlest push. Like you can't quite jump right into hours grinding and expect it to do it from then on there. It takes conditioning. Like, yeah. you know, 
literally begin by just getting up in the morning, drinking a cup of water and making your bed and yeah. doing that every single day. Even if you don't do it every single day of the week, consciously choose to at least try to force yourself to get up and do some type of proactive thing and it yeah. compounds and it builds and soon you won't even have to try. It's just a part of your self-identity and you're doing it and it's painful to not do it after a certain point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Because it becomes, you know, it becomes so ingrained in who you are and those neuro pathways that we talked about earlier, those mere neurons, like they start to fire and wire together, right? To where now it's like your brain is like, oh, wow, like I'm, I'm starting to really like this, you know, I'm starting to really like the way this feels, you know, there's uh, one, one of uh, one of Tony Robbins top psychologists, I think you uh, were at uh, probably a similar event, uh, that, that I've been to where this guy spoke and he talked about how to condition your brain. Right. And so there's like our, our, whatever it's like parasympathetic or sympathetic nervous system. That's like our, like the most powerful system in our, in our bodies. And, you know, he talks about how, like, okay, if you want to train yourself to do something like, what does a baby do when it's first learning to walk? Like funny enough, one of my twins is just learning to walk. And, you know, when she took her first step, like we, you know, my wife and I were like, oh my gosh, you know, good job. You know, you're doing so good. And they, their, their faces light up and they get excited and they don't know what they just did. All they know is that they feel really good that they made their parents happy and that they got cheered on and, and there's excitement going on. And that's what's going on in your sympathetic or parasympathetic, whatever system it is. And so, you know, in order to train yourself and condition yourself, like you mentioned, to do that, he talks about like an actionable thing that you can do is like write down something that like is something negative in your life that you want to change, write down the antithesis of that. So the positive of that, turn it into a positive. And then every time you do that positive thing, that's combating the negative habit that you're trying to get rid of, like reward yourself or pat yourself on the back. Or, you know, he says, you know, if you squeeze your fist and you put a big smile on your face, and you say, yes, you know, shout yes. Like, even if you look like a total weirdo, what you're doing is you're lighting up that sympathetic nervous system. That's giving your brain as a baby does when it takes its first steps saying, okay, like, I don't know what I just did, but all I know is that I got cheered on for doing it. So now I'm going to do it again. And then I'm going to get cheered on again. And I'm going to do it again. Right. I think it's really important for us to reward ourselves for the little steps that we take in our, in our, in our path towards changing. And, and it doesn't have to be like a reward that like costs money. Like everybody's always like, Oh yeah, I'm going to like buy myself this thing. And, and if that's what lights you up, then great. But like literally all it can be is like, go stare at yourself in the mirror, look yourself in the eyes and smile at yourself and be like, you are a freaking badass. Like just doing that alone is like, you know, I've done weird kooky stuff like that all the time in my personal development journey. Like I'll take a video of myself talking to myself and then I'll listen to it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's weird stuff, but then it gets me excited. Like, it's like, it's funny. It's weird. It gets me laughing and smiling. And those are all emotions that when you put that emotion into the learning and the change, it can happen so much faster. And that conditioning can really start to take root. And that's how you fire and wire your, those new neurons in your brain and, and, and undo the negative stuff. So, um, Absolutely. you know, yeah. and, um, I don't know if it's the exact word for it, but something very similar to that is just gratitude, you know, just being oh, grateful for now. Cause like, you know, before you can really like get up and make your bed, I mean, sometimes you can do it when you're stressed out, 
but it all really starts in you know your mind space and i think the beginning start for that is just simply gratitude just yeah. one little you know that will change your entire life i Huge. honestly that's the beginning of the snowball not gonna oh lie. oh big time big time yeah like it's crazy so i i lived in a third world country for a few years and i met people that i mean they they lived in in adobe clay huts you know like they lived in not the best circumstances and i saw people that didn't even have a bathroom in their house like they had to use like a communal community bathroom stuff that we wouldn't even imagine no matter our circumstances here in the united states let's face it no matter how poor you are in the united states you're not living in a mud hut without a bathroom you know what i mean and granted some people could say argue like home homeless and this and that and and yes i understand there are some very tragic circumstances out there but the majority of people don't have to live like that but they were some of the happiest people i've ever met and i was like this is crazy and then being down there for multiple years you know i was just like man these people are you know these people are just warm and inviting and they're nice and they just you know they it's you know it's crazy and then here we are sometimes pissed off because we're late for work or we're in traffic or or something happened somebody cut us off like just so so th you know small like there's that like funny saying that's like oh first world problems but it's like it's actually true right and that gratitude is something that can totally combat that and put us on you know a different a different wavelength, a different brain wavelength, right? Like, um, I think Tony Robbins, he talks about, you know, fear and gratitude cannot coexist, right? Um, scarcity and gratitude can't coexist. So if you want to have more abundance and attract more abundance in your life, like get more grateful, you know? And so um, anyways, just kind of yeah. cool. You know, I don't want to get too metaphysical on these podcasts, but just from personal experience, I've come to find that like, Weird things tend to happen in your favor if you're genuinely grateful. Just genuinely yeah. like trying to put on a smile or be a positive influence, even if you're not feeling the best. Yeah. And you know, you know, me experiencing that and me kind of like realizing that after a couple months and just realizing how like I can't remember exactly what was happening, but things were happening in my favor that were like, I don't know, it's hard to describe. I'm not gonna get too much into it. Just highly recommend you try it. I'm sure you might experience it. Um but you know, just the hubris that can come along with thinking, you know, once you start to get moving, you know, hubris is pretty much like, I'm the shit, you know, I know everything, I'm, I'm top dog, when in reality, it's ignorance. And that can spawn once you get like a little taste of success. Yeah, and I think hubris is typically like when you see like the yin yang or ebb and flow, hubris is the peak of your time. Yeah. And that's yeah. usually what leads to that freaking bear market. Yeah, destruction. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you yeah. got to be really careful. And um, I think I've come to find like the fine line in between all that. You know, I, I still try to refine it, but it's definitely come more of a constant in my life is another word that I really like. Um, Sophrosity. So it does not roll off the tongue, but it's got a it's got a beautiful meaning. What's Sophrosity. the word? Sophrosity. Sophrosity. Interesting. I've never heard that word does not roll off the tongue but the meaning of it is great it's pretty much being humble but knowing your worth even if your worth is grand in your mind it's constantly mm. being humble and relatable you know yeah. what I mean? 
a teacher of knowledge, you know what I mean? And just constantly giving, you know, not putting yeah. yourself anywhere higher, never trying to prove yourself. And yeah. with those fine lines of constantly trying to keep myself in that headspace, because I have been hubris before a few times and they're horrible. I have been the opposite of hubris, you know what I mean? But sophrosity yeah. is just balance, constant yeah. balance. No matter what's happening, high, low, you're just grateful, humble, giving, and you know things are going to be good no matter what. Yeah, dude. Um, that that's. I ask real quick. Um, might have to edit this out, but can I use the bathroom real quick? Yeah, well, I was gonna say we should probably just go ahead and end it, um, because we've been we've been going for a little over an hour or close to an hour now, but awesome. um, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So um, I'll go ahead and actually like, here I'll go ahead and like chop this stuff out. But um, yeah, I'm I'm really glad that you said that, man. And it's actually probably I we didn't even plan this but like literally what you just said leads into kind of the next part of the unicorn equation which we talk about uh becoming a servant to others right uh and not a servant in the sense of like a peasant but like literally serving other people and like what you just said where it's like you you're 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 humble but not arrogant or or what was it humble humble but yeah, not arrogant, pretty much. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'll have to go look that up because I, yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, like the next portion of the unicorn equation, which is can happen simultaneously as you're doing step two. Step, step number one of kind of the wealth creation process is building out your own reputation as somebody who can generate results by serving other people. And the reason why I've kind of, phrased it this way is because I don't want to pigeonhole myself into saying, oh, you have to be an entrepreneur because there's a lot of employees that build that reputational currency of, holy moly, this person totally knows what they're doing and is serving the business or serving the company in such a way that they deserve to be compensated more. And and that's so, so that's one of the ways that you can do it. Or you can do it through what I believe is the most important thing is to yeah, like if you want to be an entrepreneur, like serve others to your highest capacity and deliver value to them by serving them. And that's like super foundational is building that reputation of somebody who can generate positive results for another human being. And so anyways, Sophrosity, I'm definitely going to go look that up, but I uh, want to thank everybody for tuning in to this week's podcast. It was awesome having Caleb on and uh, be looking for the next future episodes as they continue to drop. We'll have Caleb be our co-host as well as bringing other guests onto the show and um, you know doing some solo episodes and everything. But make sure and subscribe, download this, whatever it is, click the button um, because we're going to be delivering content that is actionable and valuable to your life so that you can create whatever it is that you're uh, trying to create, whether it be your dream life or just what I like to call the goat life, right? Your greatest life of all time uh, individually as, as all of us as individuals. So tune in, appreciate you, and we'll see you in the next episode. Later, everybody. All right, man. All right, dude. Um, well, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll catch you later, dude. Thanks for, thanks for hopping on and um, Thanks, I'll, I'll edit this up and we'll get it. We'll, we'll get her posted. I'll let you know when it's posted so you can share it. Awesome, man. Yeah. It's good being along. I really got to use the bathroom though. No worries, dude. Much love. We'll see you later, man.